the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 is on page 1271 in a good Bible. Galatians the 6th chapter and the ninth verse. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season. We shall reap. If. We faint not. I want to talk to you from a very simple subject. Don't be weary. In well-doing. Don't grow tired. Of being a good guy. Or a good lady. Don't be worn out by the things that you must endure just to have a happy life. Don't be weary in well doing, the Bible says. And it says, let us not. That means every believer in here. You may not have all of the fine clothes you think you may need. All the money you may have somewhere in stocks and in bonds. You may not even have five different changes of clothing. But if you can hear me, you blessed. You may not live in the finest house on your street. You may not be able to write a $10,000 check this morning that won't bounce. (laughs) But if you got life and breath in your lungs, you are blessed. A lot of times in life we let the situations we have to deal with with people wear us very thin, gets on our last nerves, dealing with people that are so unpredictable, dealing with people that are just thrown off. Some of you all this morning are probably at your, the end of your rope uh, on your last leg trying to figure out 
Why is it that you so nice to other folk and they're so nasty to you? I've come to tell you, don't be weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. Now, it did not say don't get weary doing evil. It, it doesn't call our attention. Don't be trying to, you know, key nobody's car. Dig no ditch for nobody. Don't be weary in well-doing. That tells me that no matter what goes on in your life, do good. Jesus was anointed by God. He is now highly exalted. But before he left his earth realm, Jesus went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And as he is, so are we in this world. Don't, don't, don't be weary. Don't, don't allow circumstances to bring out the worst in you. No matter how deep and holy and sanctified you may be this morning, and I'm grateful that you are, but God got some more folk too. And the worst thing that can happen to any child of God is to think you're the only one living right. You're the only one praying right. You're the only one that's standing for right. We're going to find out uh, not too long from now in this message that that ain't right. Don't be... Weary, let us not be weary, worn out, tired of doing good. You know, sometimes people get so tired of doing good, they just do bad on purpose. Ask your neighbor, is that you? So let us not be weary in well doing. Tell your neighbor, let's do well. Could you tell your other neighbor, let's just be do gooders? Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, tell somebody, my season is on the way. Oh, yes, my, 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 my season. You know, you know God, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love and your doing good and blessing other people. God won't forget that. I say he won't forget that. See, if you, if you don't faint, then in due season, you're going to reap. You're going to benefit. You're going to walk on the high chaparrales of faith. People are going to see you going up while you look at them going down. Don't be weary. Keep on doing good. Love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Smile when you even have to sometimes paint it on them. Anybody here understand what I'm talking about? If you have to paint that smile on, put it on there. And don't be weary in well doing. Don't start doing evil because evil is being done to you. We are not here to make a difference in this world. We are anointed by God to be the difference. Can I get a witness here? Now, it's good to be a lover of Jesus. It's good to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It is blessed and highly blessed to be born again. In order for our lives to really mean something in a world like this, in Donald Trump's America, 
We have to know who we are, what our purposes are, who God is, what time it is, and what we ought to do. We must not grow weary in well-doing and become hateful. I thought about racism, and let me tell you what racism, according to the Holy Ghost and Fred Caldwell, is. Racism is doing evil, hoping that good would come to a segment of our population. They do evil for their own selfish ends, expecting if they do evil that good will come because of it. That's what racism is. Somebody doing evil thinking that good going to come. See it every day. But what I want to get to in the heart of this message, on the way to the heart of it, when we talk about don't be weary in well-doing, I know that there are some of you in this church that love Jesus Christ. I already know that. I know that some of you all have a commitment to the Lord that go beyond all of the foolery that you deal with, with throwed off people. I know some of you all have been done wrong. And in the middle of all that, you still find a way to love and forgive people. This is a great church. Because God in the midst of this church is great. The heart of Greenwood Acres is a heart filled with love for other people. I already know that. I've been here a hot minute. I can tell you that there's a strong center core of strong Christians in this fellowship. However, all of that love has to be tested in order for it to prove that it is genuine love. In 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. See, faith without works is dead. And in your best state, sometimes we still ain't right. But we cannot stop because we have been done wrong by other people. That's when we ought to really shine. In 1 Thessalonians, and as we talk about being an encourager and a support to other believers, because you're not the only one right here that's going through something. We have to encourage one another. Now, 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 somebody, some saint may step on your blue suede shoes on Father's Day. Don't beat them down, Holmes. Rub your blue suede shoes off and go on. And God will give you another pair. I'd rather see you get another pair of shoes than another size orange jumpsuit. So what I'm saying, no matter what happens, go about doing good. Be an encourager. Be somebody else's support system. And God will bless you in the midst of that. All right. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Are you there? Starting at verse 11 through verses 15. Verses 11 through 15. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. So we see the church at Thessalonica, not only were they comforting one another, they were building one another up. We don't have room in this church for folk tearing people down. 
Are you going to say amen or just look at me? Ain't the church supposed to say amen when they hear the truth? Well, don't have me up here thinking I'm lying. Are we to edify one another? Does that mean to build up one another? Well, we don't have time for folks sitting in these beauty shops and all down the walls, all down the halls of Walmart and talking, running the ministry now. What is that about? What is that about? That's just like a woman. Now, don't get me started. It's men's day. I, I'm going to leave y'all alone. But I, I, need to, I need to talk to the whole church here today. It makes no sense to be tearing one another down. It, it makes no sense. And we members of the same body. Okay, now, you know, prayerfully you're going to get this. Let me move on. Verse 11 again. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. I'm responsible for comforting myself and you when we come together. And edify one another is to build up one another even as also you do. Aren't you tired of folks trying to see if you're going to go to church to determine if they're going to go? That's so immature. That's, that's, that's very immature. That, that hurts the body. Verse 12. And we beseech you, brethren, that means we begging you, to know them who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish them. Over, over you in the Lord and admonish you. Verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, encourage the faint-hearted. See, there, there are some people that's just weak-minded. They need to be encouraged to go on with the Lord. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. You know, sometimes there are people, they don't have no patience with you, but they expect you to have patience with them. Can I get a witness? See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So here we are called upon in our not being weary in well-doing to support the weak, to pray for one another, to know those who labor among us, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. The pastor needs to be encouraged. The superintendents, teachers, everybody who does anything in ministry, they need to hear from you. Why get all these blessings and you never say anything to the folk that God is using to be a blessing to you? Everybody needs to know that they are, how should I put this? Everybody needs to know that what they are doing in the kingdom is worth something. Everybody. So, so, so in doing good, it means that we continue to do good even if our hearts have been broken by other people. We got to keep doing good. Tell your neighbor, we got to keep doing good. So we're to comfort ourselves together. We're to build one another up and, and they were already doing this in Thessalonica. But for every believer in a local church who does not build up another believer, you become an enemy. And you see that there are just too many people that sit in local churches 
at any given time, they don't agree with the pulpit. They don't agree with the programs at the church. They don't agree with nothing. They just sit in the middle of a congregation, and instead of them being a sweet fragrance, they are terrible odor. They're odorific. But we that beloved, that are loved by God, we the beloved ought to find ourselves edifying one another. I, I had an example, had something that happened to me last week. You know, this is the first day of the week. Had something that happened to me last week. I, I went out to eat at a, a local restaurant. And there was a man and a woman and a pretty little old big head baby in a stroller. And I was sitting down eating, and they sat in the booth in front of me. And the Holy Spirit told me to buy their lunch. The little baby, before they put the baby in the high chair, was just fixed on me. That little baby, that little baby just looking at me, and I was just looking at that little baby, and the little baby was just looking at me, and I said, oh, what a cute little, little child. So the Holy Ghost said, buy their lunch. Okay. So, you know, when the Holy Ghost tells you to spend money, you have to watch the flesh too. <laughs> you know, because you find yourself saying that, Lord, is this really you? So, so I, I laid in the cut. I ain't saying anything. I kept eating. And a part of me said, I hope they just get up and leave. So they proceed, the young lady got up, put the baby back in the stroller. They were getting ready to leave. And so I said to myself, now, come on now. You know, the, the Lord told you to buy these folk lunch. Don't, don't, just, don't, don't just let them leave like that. So the guy was still seated. The girl was up getting the baby together. I got up. I had not finished eating. And I approached this young man, black man, black woman, black baby. I'm going to explain that to you in just a minute. So I said, excuse me. I said, the Lord has instructed me. No, I said, excuse me. Would it be okay if I were to buy you all's lunch? The guy said, no, man, that's, that's all right. I said, but the Lord told me to buy you all's lunch. He said, no, I'm good. I said, okay, now I'm ticked off. <laughs> you see how your emotions run? Now, now I'm being insulted in the middle of, the, of this restaurant. So I told him this. I said, look, young man, let me, let me just say this to you for future reference. You don't turn down blessings. Now, I know there's some limitations to that statement. I got that. But you don't turn down blessings. And then I thought about it. I'm a black man. He's a black man. And for the most part, when you talk about Father's Day, we have to recognize a few things. A lot of black men have problems with black men. So I don't know if this is a gangbanger. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a good upstanding citizen. But this one thing I do know, I want to encourage every black man in this church this week if you can, to buy another black man's lunch. We got to change the image that we have of one another. You understand what I'm saying? We've we, we got to understand that we ain't one another's enemy, man. We got to change that. 
We got to quit walking around like we don't exist. So I, I just thought I was inside. I went, I, I went down all my emotional scales dealing with that. And then, you know, I, I, I wanted to spend the money, but then, you know, no, man, I'm good. Now I'm ticked off. I said, man, listen, let me tell you something for future reference. You don't turn down blessings. Black men ought to start being kind to black men on purpose. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? On purpose. In order to change the psyche. We need to do it on purpose. So I encourage you to find a black man this week and buy his lunch. And then next week too. What I have discovered a lot of times when I go out, I very seldom pay for my lunch. Somebody in there will see me and pay for my lunch. Because I've done it down through the years. So don't be weary in well doing. So if you can't bless this person, find somebody else to bless. But whatever you do, keep on being a blessing. Clap your eyes, roll your hands. Tell God thank you somebody. Don't be weary in well doing. Don't let people put you in a box. Don't let life make you bitter. Keep on doing good. Just keep right on doing good. And good will come back to you. Amen. Because we're getting ready to look at some folk that got caught in a trap. They were godly men, but they grew weary in well doing. That's why I started out. No matter how much you love Jesus, life can wear you down. Let's look at David right quick. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. But even in the midst of of life wearing God's people down, how many of y'all know God will show up and help you if he can't find nobody else to do it? If, if God can't find anybody else, he will show up himself and do it. Amen? Because some folks just jealous of you. My grandmama used to say, Fred, they're just jealous. And you ain't going to get no compliment from no jealous person. Unless they tell you you're slip hanging. <laughs> All right. Are you in 1 Samuel chapter 30? Look at verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed. What was wrong with David? What was wrong with David? Wasn't David a man after God's own heart? Wasn't David the sweet psalmist of Israel? And David wasn't just distressed. David was. So don't tell me that Christian people don't get weary. Don't tell me that you don't get upset. Don't tell me that you don't want to throw a brick through a wall sometimes. You can be as nice and sweet as you can be. But baby. The devil knows where that button is. And he does not mind raising people up to push it. David was not just distressed. David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's what you got to do in order to keep on going. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord your God so that you can keep on going. And then being a black man, you say, well, nobody want to hire me. Nobody want to give me a job. That's okay. 
God is still able to open a door that no man can shut. God is still able. And the reason I'm coming this way is because I'm a black man too. And I know what we are up against. And knowing that we don't need to be up against one another. David was greatly distressed. The man who loved God, the man who killed Goliath, was greatly distressed. His nerves were stretched out. The people were grieved. I know some of y'all want to be a pastor. Go talk to God about it. You think this is a glorious job, right? To a degree it is. But if you ain't anointed for this, these people will pull you apart. Their eyes will kill you. You have to be anointed for this. That's why we're to know those who labor among us and are over us in the Lord. In this case, it happens to be me. So you ought to know I'm not a messy person. You ought to know. You ought to know a lot about me. Y'all know that. But here's the point. I've been distressed myself. My heart has been challenged by the actions of other people that just won't do right. (laughs) They just won't do right. Because I'm not white, they won't do right. That's That's a true statement. That's a true statement. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's a true statement. You don't think I know all this stuff? I know more than you think I know, but I choose not to talk about it because some of y'all don't want to deal with it. But you know it's true. You know that it's true. God raised up strong black leaders. Folk go and sit up on the white leaders. It's something wrong with the black psyche. White folk don't do stuff like that. And they so proud when I see some of them. And I be saying to myself, you know what? You ain't nothing but a fool that, that don't understand your history and don't understand what all this stuff is really about. Everything you see out there was stolen from us. You got the real deal and going to go get a counterfeit. I know, hey, hey, by now you ought to know all this. I don't know why you keep coming in and thinking the mess is going to change. <laughs> Are you still in 1 Samuel? So David was greatly distressed and the people talked about stoning him, right? Same chapter, verses 18 and 19. Now watch how God does a thing. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Come on now. It's a, it's a deep, that is deep. That right there, that is deep. Because if nobody has been robbed, the black man has been robbed. Been robbed of just about everything. When black folk was not dancing 
to their own music. Elvis came and stole it, and you couldn't get the Negroes off the floor. What do you think church is for? Ain't it supposed to be for the truth? David encouraged himself. David was greatly distressed. David encouraged himself. And David inquired of the Lord because David wanted to recover all that he had lost. And the Lord told him to go up against him. And the Bible says, and David recovered all. Listen, black man, let me tell you something. And this is for any man that want to hear it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm black and I'm talking black. You need to recover Everything that's been taken from you and your family. Are you listening up in here? And on your knees, you tall in trees. You got to take the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, and get back what the enemy has stolen from you and your household. That's what you got to do. If you got God on your side, you go recover your stuff. He will show you how to do it. And then there was the prophet Elijah. See, what I'm saying is this. I've been... Stressed, talked about, lied on all that just because I want to be left alone to teach. Now I'm all that. So I cannot afford to get weary. Some of y'all have watched my transition. I've been bitter and I got better. I went through a lot of changes in this pulpit because I I can't be nobody but me. I get pissed off. People here at the church hear a great sermon, man, which is about every time as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know what it's going to take just to get folk to Sunday school. They ain't come back at night. I ain't giving up on that. I'm praying for you. There's always an opportunity up here to be stressed out. Because of you. But I'm going to go on doing good. I I got to. I'm going to go on doing good. I'm going to go on teaching a house full of folk. Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, had a little light problem too. I just want somebody in here to be real today. If you are mad, you are mad. So get rid of it. Because anger rests where? In the bosom of a fool. It's okay to get mad, but it ain't okay to stay mad. Because you'll go mad. And when you get there, you've gone too far. 1 Kings, chapter 19. Let's look at the prophet Elijah. See, I know that I have to do three sermons on a Sunday, two on Wednesday. I'm called to do that. I put my happy self up on Saturday. I do what I need to do. Because I ain't quit. Quit, quit I ain't been called to quit. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Tell your neighbor on the other side, quitting is not an option. 
So when you're done wrong, don't go and do somebody else wrong. When you're done wrong, go do twice as good. Are you listening up in here? Do twice as good when you're doing twice as bad. Somebody does twice bad towards you. Find somebody to do good toward. Do good anyway. So that that pain won't live in your heart and make you a bitter person. That's how we overcome, we overcome evil with good. We overcome evil with good. We overcome evil with good. That's how we overcome evil. With good. We don't overcome evil by becoming more evilly. We overcome, and we do it on purpose. You've been hurt, go heal somebody. You've been lied on, go speak the truth and love to somebody. All right, Elijah, I can go on, on I'm, I'm, I'm in my element. First Kings 19, verses 4 through 7. Talk about the prophet Elijah, mighty man of God, right? Can I get a witness, mighty man of God, right? All right, now watch this. Verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. You see that exclamation point. Now, O Lord, take away my life. Kill me, God, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. You cannot make this journey to the end of your life being bitter with other people. You cannot live a vibrant Christian life in joy and peace and happiness holding on to the pain. What did God, now this is the prophet Elijah who no doubt had overworked. That's why I tell some folk, listen, baby, if you know you got God's business to take care of, you need to get some sleep so that your flesh won't override what your spirit is trying to do. So you won't be talking about the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Put your flesh to bed. Here Elijah was, mighty man of God, done wreaked havoc over the house of Ahab and Jezebel. But however, he didn't take care of himself mentally, emotionally, Physically or psychologically. See, we're in the book of Malachi right through here. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. When they were called upon to bring God an offering, you know what they did? They brought him a blind animal or sick animal. They, they brought him the worst. That's why some of y'all claim you can't come back on Sunday night. This is supposed to be given over to God all day. You're going to rest on his time. Oh, I know you ain't come looking for this today, but it's on the menu. 
And see, people want to talk about, I get so tired of pastor, you know, fussing. You should not because you know it's the truth. I'm here, where are you? You have to put yourself up for service on Sunday. You, you have to do that. On purpose. He, Elijah is, <laughs> went into the wilderness. Got out there because he was tired, head all messed up. This is the prophet Elijah who said, listen, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. Oh, man, look at the power of God coming out of him. And now this man is going asking God to kill him because something went wrong in his life. He burnt the candle on both ends. And now he, he is in the wilderness out there looking around. Now, now this is the same guy that told God, I'm the only one you got. God says to him, no, you ain't. I got 7,000 that never bowed their knee to bell, neither have they kissed him. You ain't the only Christian I have. So why do you sit in church judging everybody, looking at what everybody wearing? You got on a perfect attire. Looking at how everybody treat one another. Then you go out and you put it on Facebook. I want to be a part of a church that's love. Well, hell, where the love in you? Huh? If we don't know what we're doing, why don't you show us what love looks like? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is... I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. 
And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound of Savior.